Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pro Football Playbook, presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network, your source for team news, draft needs, player profiles and rankings, full senior bowl, combine, and NFL draft coverage, news, analysis, discussion. It's in the playbook. Now, here is your host, sports journalist Bill Alfstead, and featured analyst Keith Myers. Hey, welcome in Pro Football Playbook Podcast listeners. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Hey, Keith. Hey, so um, we're going to, as we work our way through um, the NFL and looking at rosters and how things have changed and everything, um, we have reached the Detroit Lions. Um, And I got to say, it's easy to make jokes and whatever, because they've been kind of bad for a long time, but... I like what Dan Campbell's been doing with this roster, and um, you're not going to convince me that he hasn't been you know, what this team needed. It, I just hope they give him an opportunity to finish this deal. Yeah, and I think it's going to take another year. I think they they punted on the uh, quarterback class uh, like a lot of teams did, and Every I think that did. was that was pretty wise to do that. Um, I think what they wanted to do was kind of take a look at their defense, improve their defense. I think they got exposed last year uh, with their pass rush. It left their back end vulnerable. I don't think their back end's horrible. Um, uh, and and they've got some nice players back there, but when you, they didn't have anything um, to, to get after the quarterback, it, 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 was, it was a tough slog for them. So by adding Aiden Hutchinson at the top of the draft, or at least uh, number two overall, their top pick, probably mm-hmm. the best or, or one of the best defensive players in this entire draft coming around the edge there for him. Um, I think that's really going to help. And then in, yeah, he's uh, an elite player, elite yeah. player there. And he is not the only one um, in the second round. Um, yeah. They picked up uh, Joshua um, Pashal uh, from Kentucky as another guy. Um, so they've upgraded, you know, on both sides of the line, uh, mm-hmm. their pass rush. So, uh, they are going to have an opportunity to uh, see a lot more pressure on opposing quarterbacks. 
Yeah, and they added uh, Kirby Joseph, one of my favorite safeties, a kind of a pounder, uh, strong mm-hmm. safety in this draft. Kirby Joseph out of Illinois uh, with the 97 pick, and then Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, I think, is a little bit of an underrated uh, linebacker out of Oklahoma State at 188 overall. So really like the the draft, the infusion there. They did move up, I will say this, uh, to come back up in the draft to number 12 overall. And what I thought the time was a really surprise pick, uh, but you started to see wide receivers come off the board, and they wanted to make sure they got their guy, and Jamison Williams ended up with the ACL at the end of the year in that playoff game. But um, he's going to really ha- uh, help them on the offensive side too. Yeah, that move was really surprising for me because they gave up quite a bit to move up. Um, yeah, they got up to, to, to 12 to get um, you know Williams, but they had to give up um, a lot of capital. And as a roster that needs a lot of work, um, it, they could have used the extra players um, in order to do sure. that. And especially with Williams, a guy who may not play much yeah. this year because I, yeah. of um because of that injury and this was a really deep wide receiver class now i know that you know as far as t- top in uh talent um he was considered you know arguably the the best of all of them and before the injury and so they felt like they could go up and get a special player but is he still going to be special after the um after his injury recovery probably um but there were also other guys to be had later. And I just felt like as the way that this roster is, that movie, that move was really surprising for me. Yeah. It's always, you know, I don't want to come down on you or anything, but it is always a little easy to say, well, there's other guys later, but you know, when you identify your player and he's fits your mold, um, he's the type of player that you want in your locker room and on your team. Sometimes you just go get a guy. And they felt like after the Aiden Hutchinson pick, it gave them a little bit of Liberty to go ahead now and um, explore a little bit some of those top end position players uh the athletes um you know go in this range and um they, they went ahead and, and did what they thought they needed to do and they still ended up with four picks overall in the top 100 so i don't know that you can fault them completely for that the, the interesting thing for me is the lack of um a movement in the offseason prior to the draft in free agency and so forth they're really um uh, their big move was to bring in DJ Shark. Um, and then basically they signed their own guys. And I guess when you're a three-win team, um, that's that's okay. But I thought they might go ahead and, and try to upgrade Jared Goff in a placeholder sty- uh, type of uh, quarterback. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, a veteran gotta... guy that that's kind of runs an offense, Teddy Bridgewater type of guy to come in and maybe – be a slight upgrade over Jared Goff, maybe position them a little bit better, but it looks like they're really kind of angling for another uh, high draft pick in 2023. What do you think? Yeah, probably. I mean, you're, if you run Jared Goff out there again, you're, you you know that you're going to lose a lot of games and that you're going to have an opportunity. Yeah, he, um, you know, and position. to his credit, Keith, he had a pretty decent year last year. I thought he actually had a, a a better year than maybe some people are giving him credit for just because the team around him was just awful. Yeah. Well, okay. But he was also part of the problem. Uh, I don't want to say I was like, Oh, you know, he, he played okay, but the team around him was, was really bad. He was also really bad. If you go and watch those games, it wasn't just everybody else. Um, and, and so I, I just think they, they know going in, like they, they made some improvements. They, they did some things, but they have, 
they have a major flaw in where they're at and it's at their quarterback position and they need to go get one. I'm just surprised that they continue to run out golf. Yeah. I mean, what were their options though? I mean, you saw the quarterback market this year um, with the, with the trades and then um, the re-signing uh, by green Bay of Aaron Rodgers, and that kind of set the market and it just kind of, kind of tightened up after that. And then, you know, there was some speculation about movement at Baker Mayfield and so forth. And we had the big trade from Houston to um, to the Cleveland Browns with Watson. But really, um, I would have tried to have maybe gone out and done the, um, oh, what was the quarterback from the Raiders that went to Atlanta? Um, Been around for a little while, I know. But yeah, I would have probably, Oregon. yeah, um, I, I probably would have gone after Oregon. that guy, actually. Um, to kind of come Marcus in Mariota, God. Marcus Mariota. It's a guy that didn't have a chance, <laughs> but you know what? A guy like that with Dan Campbell, you know, Dan just, it just seems like Dan's the kind of coach. You could take a Marcus Mariota and just add that little bit of extra. And he ends up performing really well for him. I don't know. It just doesn't or seem even, like Jared Goff has that mentality. Or even a guy, um, you know, a, not even a second tier guy, a third tier guy like um, Teddy Bridgewater would have been a significant upgrade for them and um you know they just they just chose not to do any of that which to me says they understand that what's best for them is to build the roster get some of these young guys some playing time and, and learning and then but do so while you're losing and then go get a quarterback in the draft next year it does seem like that's one of the prevail, uh, prevailing strategies going around the nfl um okay so detroit is there anything else what do you expect out of detroit this year not a lot. Um, I expect their defense to be significantly better because of the way that their their pass rush has gotten better. But overall, like this is a team that um, they're they're not done building. They've got they've got a ways to go. I like you know Taylor Decker um, mm-hmm. and uh, Panay Sewell. They're, mm-hmm. Those are they're mm-hmm. going to be their their bookend tackles on the offensive line. Um, you know, and they've DeAndre they've, Swift is an excellent running back. Yeah, absolutely. And so they've got some pieces, but they don't have enough pieces. Um, and so I'm, they're building this roster. Last year should have been, you know, the bottom um, of as bad as it's going to get in under uh, Dan Campbell. And, you know, this year they're going to be better, especially on defense. You know, you don't, you add a guy like Aiden Hutchinson um, mm-hmm. to your defensive line and you're going to get more sacks. You're going to get more pressure. It's going to make other people better. Um, and then, you know, they are a team that's uh, that's on the upswing. I just think that they're early uh, in that process. I'm looking at, you know, six wins is probably where I'd put them this year, uh, giving them another opportunity to continue building a year from now. And, and um, you know, this time next year, I, I suspect that if Dan Campbell continues to, to do the right things, that he, like he has been, you know, th- that – at this point next year, I'll be saying nine and, and a, a chance at making the playoffs, but I don't see them as being there yet. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings same-day parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom! 
you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Yeah, and I hope he gets another opportunity. It's hard when you lose, when you're under 500 uh, multiple years. Um, it's hard to retain your job, but if a, a good owner can see that you're building something um, mm-hmm. and, and it's getting better every year, hopefully he gets that shot. Well, and yeah, and, and the fact that they lost a lot of games last year and he didn't lose the locker room at all. They um, And they fought like hell. You know, they didn't lay over like the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like he didn't lose the locker room. They fought, they, they continued to play, but they were, they were seriously undermanned at almost every position. They just were not a good football team last year, but they still played hard. They still tried to be competitive. Um, and that's a lot about the coaching staff. I agree. All right. Uh, Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that there was two moves this off season that defined everything. And that was the re-signing of Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Didn't know if he was going to come back. He was kind of complaining about this, that, and the other. There were some trade rumors out there that uh, Denver was going to be in that game. And then the trade of Javante uh, Adams after he was franchised um, to um, to the Raiders. That really um, solidified their quarterback position, you know, for another couple, two, three years that gave them that larger window to go ahead and and win now. And then that Adams trade gave them the draft capital to go ahead and try to improve their team with some young, fast um, talent. And they did that, I thought, in the draft. Yeah, but at the same time, like you go back and you look at um, this team and their offense was very dependent on Devontae Adams. He was their, um, he was, you know, the thing that made that offense work. Uh, I mean, yeah, Rogers, of course, but when, when Adams wasn't out there um, or when teams worked to shut him down, that offense struggled because they just didn't have the next guy to step up and take advantage of that situation. And for them to trade Adams just leaves me worried that are, are, do they have the guys to come in and pick up the slack and improve overall all the way around? I'm not sure they do. Um, and it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah. There's nobody that's, yeah, there's nobody that's going to fill that void that Adams Mm -hmm. is leaving on the field. You know, they drafted Christian Watson at at 34 overall, a little bit high for that guy, but they really liked him, you know, in the draft and, and, and mostly because of the potential, the guy was oozing potential, but came from North Dakota state. Uh, so you have production, but what's the competition? Who are you facing as defensive backs and so forth? Even then. His production was okay, but he tested off the charts in the at the combine and on film. He 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 matches that speed, and so they went ahead and took the upside there. Understand he's had some drops in practice that they're a little bit concerned about, um, but other than that, I think it's a good prospect. I just don't think he's going to see that production in in the first couple of years. But then you've got Aaron Rodgers uh, throwing him the ball, so anything it is possible. I did love their first two picks they had they, they ended up oh, with yeah. an extra first round pick 
in this draft. Quay Walker at 22 overall, Devontae Wyatt, both Georgia defensive uh, players at 28 overall and Devontae Wyatt. Keith, what do you think of the, of the top of the draft for them? I, you know, it, if it wasn't for the wide receiver like thing, I, I would love their draft just overall because um, Quay Walker and his speed at linebacker and then Devontae Wyatt at defensive tackle, um, they're, they're, this defense just got significantly better in the middle, right? Yeah. Um, with, with, with those two guys. Both, both end um, up immediately starting. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're day one starters. And, um, you know, they, they got younger, more athletic, faster, um, on defense with those two picks. Those are, those are great picks. Watson, we already talked about it at, um, at wide receiver. I think talent wise, he's there. I just don't know if he's ready. Um, and then there's a guy in the third round that I really like that, that I seem to be the only person who really likes. And that's Sean Ryan, the offensive lineman out of UCLA. I know that, um, a lot of people see him as a um, as a guard. I still mm-hmm. think he can play right tackle. I think he's got um, you know the foot speed to to play on the right side. I wouldn't put him on the left, but he can he can do that. He he's like, or he could be a guy that backs up at four positions. Um, yeah, and that's and, what and that's the way the Green Bay Packers see him at least this year, Keith. He's on yeah. he's at left guard on their depth chart behind uh, John uh, Runyon. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a year. They don't have to play him right away um he's he he can take some seasoning they can move him around a little bit find out where he's comfortable and then uh, proceed but yeah i like that pick i like the zach tom pick too at right tackle um we had talked about zach tom as possibly being a a center candidate because uh he looked like he might move inside a little bit but they've got Mm -hmm. him listed at right tackle as well behind elton uh jenkins well, then Kingsley Enigbare, the other linebacker mm, slash edge mm-hmm. player. Um, Why did he struggle so much? I have no idea. I still have yet to get a good uh, explanation for why he was available mm-hmm. um, late at one seventy nine round at one hundred and seventy nine. Because we had him going at you know in the forties, fifties. You know, yeah, I was I was really thinking you know fifties was was probably where he was going. If he fell, it would be into the sixties. He were there. He is at almost one eighty. Like I, I, I am must be some struggling to figure out or something there. What is know. going on there? Because that that is a guy that that um, they're gonna they got a they got a good player um, and or at least a a good talent. We'll see you know whether it translates as a player on the field. But um, I think I was starting caliber talent, and they they got in the fifth round. So yeah. Um, and then you know I mean so so overall like you look at. At this, that that's the third player on their defense that you could get a major contribution from this year. Um, so yeah, like I said, if it wasn't for the fact that they just really don't have wide receivers on this roster for Aaron Rodgers, I would love this draft. Although we well, didn't they've, talk they've about got... Romeo Dobbs, um, yeah. it was their fourth round pick, the wide receiver out of Nevada. Yeah, I like that pick too. Um, he's kind of a poor man's um, Sky Moore, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I know that they were interested in Sky Moore. Uh, they went ahead and, and drafted Christian Watson uh, for the upside there instead. Um, the other picks that I really like is Tariq Carpenter. I think he's an underrated linebacker, again, out of Georgia. Um, they just went They've to the well over and over safety. there. Do they really? Yeah, and see. he actually was from Georgia Tech, not from Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong safety. Interesting. Yep. Okay, so, so I've got that. Oh, yeah. Georgia Tech, you are correct. The other pick I thought that was interesting, well, there's two more. Rashid Walker 
at 249. I know in the draft, we were leading up to the draft. We thought this is a guy that might be available in the 120 to 140 range in the fourth round. Ended up going in the seventh round. Uh, Rashid Walker out of Penn State. I know that he's a little undersized, a little underdeveloped, mm-hmm. needed a little bit of time to build some functional strength, but I thought he was a good prospect. And then Samore Ture, the wide receiver out of Nebraska, I thought was underrated at 258 yeah, a, overall. A, a guy that you, a guy you really liked um, in, in the pre-draft process with Ture. Mm-hmm. Um, with Walker, I think it's just a matter of he, he's got a high ceiling. He's a guy that you could see turning into a productive NFL um, offensive lineman, but he's got a low floor. He's got, you may be two plus years before you get anything out of him. And I think that's why he dropped. Interesting. So what kind of grades do you give this team this, this off season? Where do you see them finishing in a weakened NFC conference? See, and that's the other thing is that this, team i think you know their their defense took a major step forward their offense i think takes a step back because of you know um lazard is now your best um wide receiver right. uh, yes. unless you unless you want to go sammy walker and his inability or or go with the ancient randall cobb at this point yeah um yeah and, and watkins inability to stay healthy but so so there's those there are those issues but um they were able to get Aaron Rodgers resigned, get through all of the mess that the Jordan Love situation created. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jordan Love moved um, at some point, like in um, during training camp. Hmm. Um, interesting. And so uh, there would, you know, there's some interesting stuff as far as as what they've done with their offensive line and, and everything. I think they took a major step back at, at wide receiver, but they they just improved everywhere else. And in an NFC that everybody took a step backwards um, this year, and it is not the the not the challenge it used to be to get out of the NFC. They've got to be considered one of the favorites. You know, I was thinking about this this Green Bay Packers team, Keith, and the and the Devontae Adams situation as far as taking a step back on offense. You know, I'm not so sure, and the reason is is that I think they're due to be even better and it's going to give them more opportunities on offense so i think overall i think they're still going to end up scoring as as much they may be slightly more inefficient doing so but i think they're going to be fine and especially with their running backs i think they've got one of the best running back tandems in the nfl quite honestly and and behind that offensive line that's seasoned and and really nice in there with josh myers at center uh john runyon you've got um david bacardi and uh, Royce Newman, all of, I mean, they've got a really nice offensive line. And then you add the, you know, Aaron Jones and AJ uh, Dillon, who I just love. I've always loved him. Yeah. Uh, coming Dylan's. in there with Kylan Hill as a third guy to come in. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that running back room is just amazing. So I think that makes up a little bit. Yeah. Um, AJ Dillon is got to be, I mean, he's a guy that um, he should be starting. And I know that Aaron Jones. Probably starting 20. 20- 20 quarterback or running back rooms in the NFL. At least. Um, Aaron Jones has the bigger contract. He's the bigger name. He's going to have, he may be the starter, but AJ Dillon needs to be getting more, more snaps, more carries. He's the better player at this point in their careers. And it wouldn't surprise me if um, this team looked at that particular situation and some cap savings and moved on from Aaron Jones because they know they've got a guy like AJ Dillon, who's the better player 
waiting and ready for a yeah. chance. And I think they 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 go through this year. We'll see about next year. I yeah. think they, they go through this year. They're now I don't know that they're going to Jonas and what they feel like is their best running back um, in this this year to do that, especially with the weekend wide receiver room. Um, cool. What? So again, I want to ask you, where do you see them finishing overall in the NFC? Um, they're in the top three in the NFC. They even with even with all of my complaints about. Um, them not adding a wide receiver, they're still in the top three. It's them, Tampa, and the Rams. Like who else in that conference is looks like a um, a championship contender? Honestly, it I don't see another team. It's those three and nobody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's even hard to struggle to to find competent playoff teams in the NFC right now. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about that, I think, uh, last week or a couple yeah. weeks ago, um, where the, a- the the powers in the AFC now, and you could easily come up with eight teams. Right now, it's a struggle. Maybe New Orleans comes through. Maybe, you know, there's a, there's a few other ones, but um, yeah, maybe um, you know the the 49ers or or Arizona mm-hmm. figure out their mm-hmm. their mess. Um, you know, and one of those teams, yeah, but get get seven teams. Uh, out of the NFC that you think are legit playoff teams? Well, I think I think I think you end up looking at a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. To be completely honest, um, mm-hmm. an emerging team that's you know Jalen Hurts. We'll just find out if he takes that next step. That roster is something else, and I you know we're going to talk about them here in another couple of weeks. But um, I just really like the looks of, as far as a young team up and coming that that gets in the conversation now because of the diminished. Uh, and we can conference overall. I think they're probably they could be in that that fourth to sixth range overall. In is the there conference, I think. is there any NFC team, any team that would be the favorite to win the AFC West division? Um, go ahead and say no because that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I think all four teams, no, in the AF- I mean, all four teams in the AFC West are well, better I don't are know. better than the NFC teams. I don't I, on I don't paper know. right I, now. I, I I argued with you last year about uh, where I thought the Los Angeles Rams were as a, as a team and and so forth, and I don't know that they did enough this year um, to be as good as they were last year. But the but the NFC is weakened, and so I don't know that they necessarily need to be. But that's just within their conference. Now you're talking about moving them over to the uh, AFC West and taking that division, possibly. Saying, if you look at the quality of the roster, top to bottom, not just not just the Aaron Donalds of the world, but the the depth and everything else that goes into it, is there an NFC team that would be favored to win? the AFC West and AF and NFC team. Yeah. Um, you could say the green Bay Packers, um, you could say the Los Angeles Rams and you could make a serious case for either one of those two teams, but those are the only two teams that I think that you could have a conversation about, uh, the rest. No, San Francisco is not there. Uh, the, uh, Arizona Cardinals have proven to be a paper tiger. Um, you could go with Tampa. Um, depending on See, how I, things kind of wash out there, I don't think that because those are the three teams in the in the NFC. It's um, Green Bay, Tampa, and the Rams. 
And I don't think any of those teams would be the favorite in the AFC West. I think that um well the AFC West is is the best conference and and the best team arguably one of the best teams if you know one two three in the Kansas City Chiefs and everyone's pushing Denver the Denver Broncos I don't see it yet um Chargers are going to be right there yeah but you you match them up against what you're basically saying is who's better than Kansas City and you're taking a look at the NFC West and last year's best conference best uh, division in the uh, NFC and you're right the, the the division the conference overall has diminished so much in just one year that now um you know even the second or third best team in the in the uh in the entire league is better than any team in the NFC mm-hmm. you know as far as uh, out of the AFC because you can look at you know Baltimore Cleveland the Bengals uh Buffalo um you, you can throw the Patriots in there. I don't, you know, they're going to be a 10 win team. They're not going to be a 12 win team. You could look at the uh, Tennessee Titans. Um, the and Colts. then, and then the Broncos, the, the chiefs and, and the chargers, and you've got to include the Raiders. You, you know, um, they, they were a playoff team last year and they didn't get any worse. So it's no, they got better. We, we they, just they, mentioned they 10, like Adams. we just mentioned, you know, 10, 12 teams. And I couldn't do that in the NFC. No. And I, I think those 10, 12 teams that you mentioned, um, right, you're going to get through five of them before you're going to get to an NFC team if you're ranking the quality of the rosters. And you're going to be 12 teams in the AFC by the time you get to the, through the top 15 in the NFL. Um, and wow, that's that's the difference. And that's what... Um, I know we're 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 saying like, yeah, the Packers might have taken a step back. It's not going to matter, even if right. they did. I think their defense took a major step forward. Right. Um, so yeah, this is semantics the, right now. As far in as the end, it's going to be a wash NFC. for them. Yeah. But, okay. So so do do me this. Who are, who are the top eight teams in the NFC? Um, so Green, Green Bay, Bay, Tampa, the Rams. Um, then I'm looking at. Uh, Arizona, San Francisco, and the Eagles as the next group of three. And New Orleans, maybe. And then I'm looking at New Orleans. Yeah. And the Cowboys. Oh, no, I'm not going to go with Cowboys. I know, but they're going to be there just because Um, of the NFC. I would say after, um, you know, after the. uh, What do you do with Minnesota? I would say your 10th team is going to be like Minnesota or. the bears oh not the bears not this year i don't know we'll see it depends on on justin fields and that new coaching staff Mm -hmm. Uh, i think they have a chance to take a big step forward i do think they have a chance to take a big step forward but they're so far back last year i still don't think they're gonna think they're seven win team yeah i don't know i just think seven win and seven wins keith in the nfc seven wins in the nfc might yeah might might get you that seven seed (laughs) wow all right, let's get out of here, man. Yep. Um, good conversation. Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions. Good luck to both uh, teams and those fans. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at Alvstead NFL, and you can find the show at PF underscore playbook on Twitter. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform, YouTube, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. So until next time, take care, guys.
Thanks for listening to the Pro Football Playbook Podcast. Follow Keith at Myers NFL. Bill is at Altstead NFL. The show is at PF underscore playbook. Listen and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or YouTube and at our website, profootballplaybook.co.